0: Hello, podcast fans. This is Falcon Paladin coming to you with yet another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour. And with me, as always, is my co caster and good friend from Down Under. His name is Wade.
1: And how are things today, Mr. Wade? Things are pretty good. Nice and sunny day. It's pretty good after some. We've had like three days of rain, so that's nice.
0: Yeah, sun's always nice after rain. I like rain. I think we talked about this before, but I live in technically a desert, so. Any rain that I get is just like, oh, it's kind of nice, and it's cleaning everything. And then after two or three days in a row, I'm like, okay, we're done. Let's get the sun (laughs) back out here, everyone. So I understand how you're feeling there for sure. But it is coming into the summertime for you. This is spring, right?
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Summer is coming. Summer is usually hot and wet.
0: Yes, incredibly hot, I'm sure. Yeah. Burn the skin off of your bones if you go outside for too long. Kind of hot, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like don't park your car in sunlight <laughs> because you'll get back in it and then like you won't be able to touch the steering wheel because it'll just be on fire.
0: Right. You have to yeah. have oven mitts in your car in case you do that by accident and then you can actually mm. drive.
1: I've yeah, seen that before. Do that. Mm-hmm. People do that.
0: Do you have those uh, like windshield blocker shades things? Yes. Okay, so I'm sure those are pretty popular too.
1: Uh, relatively. I don't see a lot of them, but then again, I'm not going around looking in people's cars, so...
0: Sure, well, they're pretty obvious. You just glance at a car that's parked, and you can see if it has a giant pair of sunglasses across the uh, windshield, right?
1: Yes, but again, I'm not really looking at people's cars.
0: That's fair. You're not a car thief, as far as I know. (laughs) Do you call it windscreen or windshield? Um... Because I'm pretty sure the, the British... The British term is windscreen, if I remember correctly.
1: I think we call it a windscreen here. I don't okay. it's one of those things I'm I wouldn't know until I had to go use it in a sentence.
0: Okay. Well let's use it in a sentence where you say <laughs> a bird took a giant poop on my what windscreen. today. Windscreen today. Alright, there it is. What? Done. We got it figured out. That wasn't too hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not how that works at all when you know it. <laughs> I have to be using it in a sentence nonchalantly.
0: Uh, All right. Well, I don't know how we're going to do that.
1: I'll just keep track of it with all my conversations and just, like, my friends when I'm not paying attention. See what they call it. Oh, that's a good idea.
0: Or we could just do some Googling.
1: Yeah, it's a little early to get into the Google part of the podcast, isn't it?
0: We usually rely on the Google a lot more towards the end. That's true. Yeah, so the British term for windshield is windscreen. I'm going to translate it into... Australian, which isn't an option. (laughs) Come on, really? Fine. Windscreens, Walmart has windscreens. What do they call them though? Yeah, those are different. Windscreens in American Walmart are actually, you put it over your chain link fence to actually block wind from coming through. That's what they call a windscreen.
1: Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, we definitely call it windscreen here because I just did Google for windscreen and I've got windscreen repair specialist tints.
0: Yeah. I believe, Wikipedia calls it Commonwealth English windscreen. Yes. However, North American English is windshield. So Canada, basically, is with us on that. Good job, Canada. Way to, way to hold together.
1: Wait, the, so what, what do you call it, the thing on your car?
0: The windshield.
1: The windshield. Okay. Yeah. So what's the thing you put over the fence? A windscreen.
0: That's the windscreen. You put over a chain link fence, specifically, because you're like, this... Keeps dogs and stuff out, but man, when it's windy, it's terrible.
1: So the th- thing that you use to block the wind is not a windshield. Correct. That's a windscreen. Yes.
0: yes. And same thing for you. Like, in the car, to block you from the wind, it's not a windshield, it's a windscreen. So we both do this. Nobody is innocent in this situation. I know what you're trying to do.
1: No, I'm just making sure I can... <laughs> I, I'm not trying to do anything. I, mm. You're painting me out to be a villain, and I don't like that, Falcon. I, I
0: I felt some villainous some villainous stuff with ya. Anyway, speaking of villains, let's talk about BlizzCon.
1: Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, what what do you think the biggest villain is at BlizzCon?
0: Well, considering you're a Terran player, I get the feeling you felt <laughs> like the Z V Z finale was villainous. Not
1: Here's the thing. After watching uh Rogue vs TY Okay. I was very happy that TY lost because <laughs> I, f- I had a feeling if TY went to the end and it was through VTY, I'd still see a lot of Swarm hosts. And by that point, I was tired of watching Swarm hosts.
0: A <laughs> lot of Swarm hosts. Surprising number of Swarm hosts, I would argue. Mm. Also more Broodlords than I expected to see in this final bracket.
1: Yeah, there was a couple of Broodlords.
0: A mm-hmm. couple games ended with like infester Broodlord, and I said, is this Wings of Liberty? What year is this? <laughs> and it was really effective. It just makes me surprised I don't see more of it in the games that I cast on my channel, but maybe we'll start seeing it now. Uh, I guess BlitzCon's kind of a trend-setting type thing, right? I suppose so. I mean, I guess there's a certain element. I just feel like there's an element where players don't do certain things until it really matters, because they don't want to give away builds and what, they, what their response to certain things are. Right. But Blizzcon, like, all the cards are on the table. You do it now or you never do it, you know?
1: So you think Terran's going to start getting that Medivac boost upgrade?
0: Yes. For yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. no. That was so <laughs> crazy. The casters, I think it was, uh... Oh, was it Zombie Grub, Zombie Grub and Grub. Maynard,
1: maybe? Uh, Maynard, yeah. Yeah. I think Zombie Grub and Maynard, yeah.
0: And they're both just like, um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's That's gotta be a fake, right?
0: Yeah, it's just a fake-out. No. no, we finished it. It was great. I don't know what Keller was doing. It was fun he though. Won, he,
1: he won the game.
0: He did. With Metavac Boost. Yeah. I mean, chat was like, what is that upgrade?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and these are people who watch a fair amount of StarCraft, so if they're confused, you know it's an extremely rarely used upgrade, and even people listening are probably like, yeah. Mm. So our predictions for the round of 16... Wait. One, two, three, round eight. of 8. Round of 8. I can count sometimes. I think uh-huh. we we both had a laser beating special, didn't we? I remember specifically I did.
1: Okay. I, I mean, truthfully, I can't remember what I was leaning towards for that one. I, I would just said special beating a laser.
0: Interesting. I, I just, think. I just, just because
1: I'm Terran. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just because of your bias, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Where I was coming from was I just felt like Zerg has an advantage in the current meta of uh, StarCraft II. Mm. And that special, while he's been good, while he's been really good in a couple spaces, it felt like a laser overall was just a more competent, accomplished player. But 3-1, man, that was uh, pretty convincing by special to get past a laser pretty much without too much effort. I did find it pretty interesting that they're like, hey, we've got two foreigners in the round of eight. Let's make them play each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they were both happy to get each other as well.
0: I suppose. I mean, don't you want a chance to take down one of the big names, though? No?
1: I mean, I guess, but you're going to have that chance anyway if you can... Like, yeah. If all, the, if all the big Koreans are the people who you want to take down and they're most likely to defeat you, don't you want another foreigner because it's an easier match?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess if you beat the, your foreigner opponent, you can still go up against a crazy Korean in the next round and have your chance there, so... Yeah. Fair enough. I see what you're saying.
1: If you put them both against foreign uh, Koreans and they both get smacked down immediately, you know,
0: then where's the fun in that?
1: Yeah, you don't get a foreigner in the semifinals.
0: Truth. All right. So next round we had Sue versus Gumio, and I think we both picked Sue there because traditionally Sue had to make it to the final and lose. I think that was our entirely our argument, <laughs> <laughs> and just the fact that I don't really consider Gumio to be a top tier like quarterfinals type guy i just don't
1: Mm. he's obviously very good but if he didn't win gsl he wouldn't have qualified on points yeah 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 definitely deserved to be there but you know it makes sense he didn't win and it was
0: 3-2 it's not like he just got swept by sue so he had a very a solid showing absolutely but just not enough to overcome the scariness that is sue zerg
1: and he built battle cruisers
0: and he did oh Gumio, just for that, man. Invite him back every year. Anybody who will build battle cruisers <laughs> at BlizzCon deserves to have a space.
1: I think that's why we need to have Nathanius play next year,
0: <laughs> just
1: because he'll build battle cruisers.
0: He will. He'll do it, and he'll use them. I mean, effectively too. It's not just that he'll build them and they'll just die. He was the first person that I saw that really came up with the concept of, okay, so tactical jump is not to be used to go into opponent's base. You fly there normally and use it as an escape method because they're so slow running away, and it was brilliant. I mean, I saw he pretty much did Mass Battlecruiser in a game that I saw of his. It was like months and months ago now, and he was doing this just consistently, just slow flying him over to the opponent's base, killing stuff, and then tactical jumping out. And I was like, that's how this is intended! Wizard didn't tell us this, but that was the intent for this uh, spell the whole time.
1: I really like the idea of, well, it it doesn't make sense to have a unit just sitting around doing nothing. But if you really wanted to, you could tactical warp it to the dead space behind their base, and then just sit for 50 seconds and wait for it to be off cooldown.
0: That's true, but 50 seconds is a long time.
1: Right, like I said, I don't like the idea of having a unit just sit there, but... (laughs) Yeah. You then push the front with something on the ground, like some tanks, vikings, hellbats... And then you just slowly creep that forward run the army's away.
0: I like that idea. You should do that. Send me the replay. I'll try. Okay, deal. <laughs> <laughs> the next up, we had Hero versus Rogue. The lone Protoss in the final eight gets 3 one by Rogue. Yeah. <sighs> Not much shame in that. Rogue is just, if the game gets past the 10-minute mark, Rogue is abjectly terrifying and gets scarier from then on. He's, I think we talked about this with Innovation last week, where Innovation's ability to just macro... Huge armies, while doing amazing engagements, is disgusting, and I think Rogue's kind of the same way. He'll have a huge engagement, it's basically a standstill, and you're like, "All right, well, another player really seems ahead, and then Rogue suddenly comes in with another giant army, and it's like, oh yes, that's why. That's why Rogue is considered one of the best in the world. Fair enough.
1: Rogue's really good. Here's the thing, Rogue is exceptionally known for his late game, right? Yep. When Nii nee beat him in a 50-minute like late-game slugfest, and then yep. he just goes and, what was it, 3-0's hero?
0: 3-1.
1: 3-1. 3-1. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting.
0: It is. And, I mean, Rogue is very capable of pulling off little 5-minute builds, too. I think mm. we talked about the one last week where he beat Nii nee just with a little queen drop.
1: Mm, Yes.
0: And, I mean, that wasn't late game. That wasn't his strength. But he was very capable of being like, what up? I'm going to kill you in six minutes. And he did. So, I mean, that's what it takes, I guess, to be BlizzCon champion, is to have really excellent builds and skills at all stages of the game and not just be kind of a one-trick pony, you know? Mm. Yes. And the Swarm Host play, too, which we're not going to talk too much about. Mm. (laughs) And then the final match of the round of eight, we had Wade's favorite player going against T.Y., hmm Innovation and versus TY. Innovation yeah. versus TY. Why don't you tell us how that one went down? Because I'm sure you remember that.
1: TY won. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's not a breakdown at all.
1: You wanted to know how it went. That's how it went. That's how it went.
0: True. Uh,
1: so Inno took the first match, then TY, then TY again, then <laughs> Inno, and then TY. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: help me out, man.
1: Help okay, me. What do, you, what do you want to know? i got t- my notes.
0: What did TY do?
1: Let me have a look at my notes.
0: All right. This is why you have notes for this very specific reason.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this consistent thing with TY over my notes. Mm. I feel like I need to push my glasses slightly up higher on my nose. You should. If I, if I had glasses.
0: I mean, we don't know you don't, so...
1: They do know that I don't. My face on my shirt doesn't have glasses.
0: Well, maybe you just don't have glasses on... Okay, on well, let shirt. me tell
1: you now. I do not have glasses.
0: Okay. But you feel like you should be wearing glasses and pushing them farther up the bridge of your nose. Yeah. Okay, good.
1: TY's harassment seemed to have been getting work done.
0: Mm, okay. I mean, that is a good way to kill anybody, really, if just harass them to death.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the game vibe on Abyssal Reef. Did you watch that one? Nope. Oh my god. Innovation did this, like, 2 prong drop at the... Natural, and then he started at the third, but then picked up and boosted into T.Y.'s main. Uh Killed 40 SCVs.
0: (laughs) In combination of those two attacks?
1: Yeah, yeah. And basically, T.Y. cleans that up and then pushes him back to his side of the map. Innovation doesn't lift his natural, loses it, and then basically loses the game there.
0: Oh, because he didn't lift? Weren't there Marines?
1: Like, he had stuff there, but they got killed, and then he thought he could hold it, didn't and then it basically became a, um, a contain. It burns to death. Wow. He just doesn't have the mules to get back up his army, and he tries to like sneak out a drop round to go and turn it into a base race or something, and TY just had the bigger army behind it.
0: Well, that'll do it. Man, you can't let a command center burn down. I am shocked to hear that happened. I mean, you see that in a GM level game and you're upset. Come on guys, mm. you're, you're better than this. And you know the the announcers are just staring at this burning town. Command center. Come <laughs> on, lift it, lift it, lift it. Come on, come on. Nope. And then it's dead. Very sad. So yeah, innovation. Neither of our picks even made it to the close to the finals. <laughs> BlizzCon, yeah. man. We jinxed uh, them.
1: We did. It's all our fault.
0: It is. Although it's probably my fault for choosing a Protoss. Man, did Protoss not do very much at all? Yeah. This year.
1: Poor, Protoss. Poor
0: Protoss, honestly. I mean, neither of us made Protoss, so we don't have a whole lot of sadness in our hearts, but... No. I mean, they had their time. Let's just say that. There was a long <laughs> time The Protoss were really good. I still remember raging about little two-base, seven-gate Colossus pushes from Protoss... ...back when Colossus just destroyed everything on the ground that Zerg ever could make. And I was like, okay, so this is how this works. They can go ahead and A-move this army. They don't need to throw up force fields or anything... And for me to beat them, I have to surround them with corruptors and Roaches and Lings from all directions, snipe down the corruptors. try to split my Roaches, and hope (laughs) everything goes well. This seems a little little unfair. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It seems perfectly fair from my perspective.
0: (laughs) As the Terran player who just likes to watch everybody fight amongst themselves.
1: Some people just want to watch the world burn.
0: They do. But then that got fixed. And those, the Colossus is good, but not ridiculously great anymore.
1: I mean, I, w- I was watching you guys cast for the Gauntlet yesterday. Yay! Mm-hmm. And you were discussing the range on the Colossus.
0: Yeah, upgrades to nine. I was right.
1: That's not the part that I found interesting. Oh, right. The part mm-hmm. that I found interesting was that it, you called it a glorified stalker before you get extended thermal. Lens, I didn't
0: say that. Jordan said that.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Americans all sound the same.
0: They do. Especially, like, white Americans with brown hair. That's how that works. Anyway, sorry. So Jordan says, glorified stalker before they get extended thermal lance. Continue.
1: Yeah, and it's basically right. They, except they can't shoot up. They're almost not as good as just having, like, three or four stalkers at that point until you get the upgrade. Because hmm. stalkers can shoot up, stalkers can blink. Like, yes. If you get the blink upgrade, up, obviously. Which makes them far more useful... Than a Colossus, because Colossus get hit by air to air weapons as well, so they're more vulnerable to stuff.
0: They do, and stalkers do that bonus damage to armoured, which is pretty handy in a lot of situations early game. I mean,
1: wonder mm -hmm. if there's going to be any Colossus change in the upcoming patches, because they normally do like a big patch after BlizzCon, right? Yeah, so I would just wonder if there's going to be any more interesting stuff to help Protoss out.
0: They haven't. Did they even talk about Colossus in the big, like proposed patch notes? I don't think so. I don't think they did. That'd be amazing if they just pulled out a big Colossus change out of nowhere. They're like, look, mm. we nerfed Colossus <laughs> too hard. So we're going to bump them a little bit. I mean, they don't need to go back to War, War of the Worlds Colossus where they just anything <laughs> on the ground was just immediately <laughs> dead. Um, but maybe just bump up that damage a tiny bit. See how it works. See if more Colossus use comes up there. See if they're just a little bit more effective because it's been a while now. It's been a minute since they've been good. All right, so I have, a, I have a specific rant about the Special versus Sue series. Are you ready for this?
1: I'm ready for this.
0: Okay, so Special loses the first game to Sue. It's like, all right, understandable. Then game two, Sue goes for a one base Ravager push. Yeah. He doesn't expand. He goes for double gas. He doesn't fully saturate his minerals, and he goes for the push. Special does not scout. He doesn't SCV scout. He waits until his Reaper's done moves it out by that time it's far too late he says oh this is what's happening tries to build some bunkers tries to wall up. doesn't work loses game two is down 2-0 to sue why don't these guys worker scout wade (laughs) that's (laughs) all it would have taken a single scv getting across the map and saying hey look one base double gas i know what this is i can prepare i have an extra minute and a half to prepare and he could have held it and he could have won game two if he just worker scouted it drives me crazy
1: I mean, you're right. Okay, good. You're you're, you're obviously, like, I'm not going (laughs) to disagree. I guess they just think that having that extra mineral income is just so worth it.
0: They do. That's what they think. But you know what's not worth it? Losing. Congratulations. You had better income than, I guarantee, Special had more income than Sue in that game. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. (sighs) And I know Stefano came out and said it's not worth it to lose that early income. And it messes up things in the later game. But, man not scouting and then get proxy three raxed or doing some kind of crazy dark templar drop or there are so many things you can die to if you don't know that it's coming and uh, i protoss players probe scout i see a lot of protoss players probe scouting but terran and zerg are just like reaper's good enough slow overlord's good enough and it's not it's just not <laughs> and i I'd think l-
1: slow overlord's good enough definitely. No. <laughs> all all zerg players just slow Overlord scout trust me it works great And then
0: every Zerg player sends their overlords on the same path on every map so Terrans can just I'm gonna put a couple Marines right here and get a free overlord that doesn't scout anything because Zergs are dumb and predictable
1: I'm (sighs) Viking first now
0: Yeah, or that. That's a great idea. So Terrans have this figured out. Zergs are dumb
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thinking about switching? (laughs) No
0: no, oh, I need to represent the race. Someone's got to be smart over here. I mean, I say that, and then it's a Zerg versus Zerg final. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, anyway, Sue 30 is special because it is his destiny to make it to at least the final here. Mm-hmm. And then it's Rogue versus TY in a best-of-five series that goes five games. Good times. Why don't you break this one down for us?
1: I'm just looking over my notes.
0: Good, good. I will allow it.
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: Gonna push your glasses even further up the bridge of your nose. <laughs> until they're digging into your um, eyeballs.
1: That would be really uncomfortable. Do I have to?
0: Uh, no.
1: So what is it you want me to explain? Because we obviously already know the outcome.
0: We or do. Wind. We do. Uh, I would like to know, did TY go bio in every one of these games?
1: Um, I don't know. Did he go bio? I think he went mech the first two games. Okay. Yeah. And then mech depot. Oh my God, mech depot. He had like five engineering bays.
0: Oh, I did watch that game. I did watch that game.
1: Yeah, where he, uh, what does he do? He scouts. He scouts that there's going to be like an early Ling attack with Bane. So he's like, okay, quick, put up a wall.
0: And yeah, and he does the brilliant thing where he doesn't finish the engineering bays because he can't lift them or salvage them or anything. So. He just builds them to like 98% and then cancels so he can cancel and get that refund that way. That was great.
1: He did let one of them finish. So for the rest of the game, he did have three.
0: Was that the game where Rogue just Ling attacked TY like 18 times in all of his bases and TY never really left behind any defense to stop it? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, that was Mac Depot, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because generally what Terrans will do is leave behind like a bunker or a couple Marines behind a wall of supply depots, but TY never either couldn't or never bothered to do a full supply-depot wall, like on his third base or his fourth base, and Lynx just continually kept jumping in there and murdering all his SEVs. And I was like, what? How? T-Y, what is happening?
1: And I believe it was also the game where he didn't complete the wall off at his ramp on his main to his natural. Oh, yes. Yes. When they got in, they just ran straight up because there was no supply-depot to raise.
0: <laughs> T-Y, how?
1: What are you doing, T-Y? Well, Terran Hope.
0: Terran Hope. Well, that doesn't that... <laughs> Doesn't that give you some kind of hope, though, as a Terran fan, that, okay, it was 3-2, Rogue barely beat T.Y., and Rogue played like a moron, at least in one of the games. (laughs) So, like, maybe if he's on his game next time and he doesn't make stupid, easy mistakes, then he wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's better than... I've watched series before where the Zerg just gets ruffle stomped, and I'm like, well, I don't know what he really could have done there. This doesn't make me feel good about the future of Zerg, but this particular matchup, T.Y. versus Rogue, you gotta feel okay about Terran.
1: Hmm. It's all I'm saying. Anything else about that particular matchup? I mean, Hellion run buys So many bloody drones barbecued. Yep. I have here, like, just in like one, run- one run-by on Abyssal Reef, 21 drones, which would have been like six Hellions traded for, maybe. It's
0: a good exchange rate. I'm, I'm okay That's with a that.
1: brilliant dis- exchange rate. I took note at 20 minutes, it was 29 to 28 workers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They've both just taken such hits to their economies. Even as a Zerg man, I gotta say, a drone barbecue is just visually very pretty. Like, graphically? Yes. Where there's just 18 of them just glowing, just on fire. It's like, oh, that's kind of nice. It's like, festive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like the same warm feeling you get putting marshmallows near an open flame.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it triggers that same kind of emotional response from me. Even as a Zerg, I'm just saying. I don't know what it is. Yeah, blue flame hellions, especially if they get in that situation, is just so good.
1: And then game five, Ty tried to proxy racks. Ooh,
0: did Rogue scout it?
1: Yes, his okay. overlord, his first scouting slow overlord, got it.
0: Oh my gosh, are you kidding? See, that's <laughs> another thing, Ty. You put your proxy in a place where Rogue is going to slow overlord scout that. You deserve to lose.
1: He did. His Rogue pulled a couple of workers, got some links out, yeah. managed to deny the bunker from going up.
0: Huge. Wow. That's that's gutsy from TY though. Usually in these in these rubber match, these game deciding or these uh, series deciding games, people go super conservative. But not Ty. Didn't work out for him, but I gotta respect that. So hold on. Did Rogue's overlord even go in a weird location to scout that, or was just like as they no. usually are—one north, one south?
1: It was kind of okay. You know Odyssey, yeah. Yeah. You know your natural is on the top left-hand corner. Yeah. Right when you when you start in the top left. You know how there's those walls by the ramps to your third. Okay. Yeah. It was basically just in the high ground up there.
0: Hmm. So what you're saying is there is ample evidence that Ty threw this series.
1: I wouldn't say he threw it. Not intentionally.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to make some controversy, that's all.
1: No? Oh, okay. <laughs> you want to make controversy, let's talk about how there wasn't a banner for life winning 2014.
0: I mean, it's not controversy, right?
1: Some people seem pretty upset.
0: You can be upset, but it's not like you don't know what's going on. You're like, why on earth is this happening? No, you know why it's happening.
1: Yeah, but people say it's like trying to erase history like oh. I saw I saw some very upset people in the chat. You know, in the time it took me for to type twitch.tv slash starcraft and hit full screen.
0: <laughs> okay, but Twitch chat is not good representation of anything except people who like to chat in Twitch chat, which is a very specific group of people.
1: Well, it's very specific, but it does vary from like streamer to streamer. I would not say that when you have hundred and four thousand people watching starcraft that it's always going to be brilliant but some (laughs) streamers take care and like they've got their own little dedicated communities where people aren't oogling the hosts
0: yeah but i'm just saying like especially the bigger the channel gets the more morons are and it's just because the morons are allowed about it and the people who are reasonable just don't even bother trying to talk anymore that's how i feel about it so the fact that you know at this point like you said the stream was huge that people would be nuts about life. It's like, what do you want? Do you want a 2000 and whatever banner and life's name there and then everything's crossed out in red paint? And it's like, no. And that way he acknowledges that it happened, but then shuts it down. I don't know. It's just, you can't have match fixing. Every sport I've ever followed really takes match fixing incredibly seriously because if it goes on and it's not taken care of, like, the sanctity of your sport is toast. If people can't trust the results are legit, then they stop watching, you know?
1: Personally, for me, totally fine to not have Lifespan of that.
0: Yeah, Don't I'm there too. It. I love I love life. I mean, he. that's the thing. As a Zerg fan, I just feel like we get these, just these runs of particular Zergs that are great, but they're no consistent, like, Innovation's been good for a really long time, right? MMA was good for a really long time. Pult really good for a really long time. Hero Good for a really long time, but Zerg, it's like, okay, there's Fruit Dealer and there was Life and there was, uh, now there's Rogue. And it's just like there's always a new Zerg every couple of years you kind of have to get to know and then they disappear. It's crazy. I guess Sue's been consistent, but he's not necessarily (laughs) getting to the top of the mountain, you know?
1: (laughs) Sue's been consistent in something.
0: I didn't realize how consistent he's been. It was, uh, they were doing one of those like pre show discussions with four professional casters. It's um, who was there? Rotterdam was there. Rotterdam, however you say his name, was there. In Control was there. And they were just talking about, look, man, Sue has been to the finals of this many WCS main events for so long.
1: He's been there 10 times now, I think it is. 10 oh or 11 gosh. times he's been in the final match, come out second.
0: And can't seal the deal against a myriad of players. It's not like there's one person he can't get past. Oh. So it's almost like, would you rather kind of have a fruit dealer kind of a career where nobody knows who you are, you win one major tournament, everyone's like, fruit dealer, and then never do anything again? Or do you be Sue and be second place for a decade or whatever? You know what I mean? For a really long time and never get the title. It's an interesting question.
1: I would rather be Sue. You get more money for coming in second ten times than you do for coming first once.
0: You do. And I think more people know who Sue is than Fruit Dealer at this point. I have
1: no idea who Fruit Dealer is. Yeah. You said Fruit Dealer and I'm like, who the hell is Fruit Dealer? See <laughs> You started a list of like big zergs and I'm like, okay, I can name a couple, like there's J Dong and then there's I mean, it was
0: 2010 when Fruit Dealer was a big deal, so that's how old this is.
1: That's a bit before my time when it comes to watching StarCraft.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm an old man when it comes to this stuff.
1: I think I'm just young.
0: If I really put this up to my subscribers on my channel and said, how many people know who Fruit Dealer is? I figure there'd be like five people that would say anything.
1: I I don't know. I'm not all your subscribers. No. I've only been watching Professional StarCraft for about a year now.
0: Okay. So you're you're definitely a newbie then, that's fair.
1: That's why I don't know who Fruit Dealer is.
0: Right, fair enough. Anyway, I mean, there are. I will send you a video of Fruit Dealer's accomplishments. Because he was hugely popular for like six minutes, and then just never did anything again. I don't know what happened. I need to look into this one day and figure it out.
1: Did he just decide to retire?
0: Uh, according to his Team Liquid page, he uh, is currently coaching a League of Legends team. <laughs> So <laughs> at some point, yeah.
1: He's hanging out with MC then.
0: Oh uh, yeah, no kidding. It makes me sad. <sighs> so I'll link. I'll, I'll put a link here. If, if I can find the right one, I'll do it. Anyway, so moving on to the finals, Sue versus Rogue. Some pretty good ZvZ. I know a lot of people are like ZvZ sucks, and yes, if it's just Ling Bane, Ling every match, okay, I get it. Same as boring. Um, But man, there were some really good 20-30 minute long matches in there with Lurkers and Hydras and Vipers and Broodlords, Corruptors. I mean, we saw entire tech trees of the Zerg being used. Incredible positioning, good remaxing going on, expansions getting killed left and right. I think ZVZ, if it can get past that initial stage of like all Ling Baneling or all Roach Ravager, then it gets very interesting. But just so many of the matches can't get to that point that I think it hurts the reputation of the matchup.
1: I still like watching the Ling Bane, like, micro and stuff. Like, that's a good way to keep it interesting in the first couple minutes, but it is definitely better once it gets past there.
0: Yep, 100%. And sure, it it can be exciting, absolutely. Ling Bane Ling, I mean, it's tight and it's tight and can't quite tell who's ahead, and then one Bane Ling hit, it's like, oh, and it's over. Mm. So, I mean, that level of just intensity and not quite sure what's going on, and then instant, instant complete is pretty nuts, for sure. But... again it's the same it's just like if every tvt was just a marine push you know what i mean marine versus marine and who can micro and sure it's exciting but if it's the same thing every time then it's like "Mm."
1: i think watching marine micro is not interesting like if it was just who can like uh start a step their marines the best that's super boring
0: (laughs) fair enough move their wounded marines back a little bit yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Well, that's true. And that's the challenge of Ling Baneling is that all the units are so fast, especially on creep, that it requires a lot more micro to make sure that not everything dies. I've been there. Zvz's, man. I have had a lot of games where one baneling wrecks 16 of my lings and that is it. So it's not a good feeling, but it really makes you take your micro seriously.
1: It does. Which did you watch the entire series for Rogue vs. Sue?
0: I did not. I think I watched the last couple games. Again, I'm in and out on these. Saturdays and Sundays are crazy.
1: That's fine. Which games did you see? Which maps?
0: Um, I definitely saw the big long one on. Was it
1: Acolyte? Acolyte?
0: Yeah, Acolyte.
1: Acolyte was the last game. So.
0: Yes. So definitely caught that one, and then I think the one before that as well. And that one.
1: That was Odyssey.
0: Yes, with the shallows.
1: Sue so went went uh, like pull first, and Roger went hatch first this time around because I think in the. It was, like, two games before that, Rogue was going, like, pool first and getting earlylings and getting them across the other side of the map first. Yeah. So, Sue's like, all right, I'll do it then. And his banes get through, like, a wall that Rogue was trying to use to hold the ramp. Gets in, kills a bunch of banes, uh, kills some drones.
0: And that's all she wrote. That's all it takes sometimes. God, what was the series? There was a ZVT. Oh, from this ra- From this, uh, from the bracket. Who was it? I'm trying to remember who it was, but there was a Zerg that was basically just straight up uh, going for a Ling flood in like three or four minutes, right when the Terran's Hellions were starting to pop. Do you know what I'm talking about? And there was one really good hold by the Terran player where it lost like three SCVs and none of the Hellions died and like 16 or 17 Lings got roasted. That might have been one of the special versus Sioux games. I want to say that's what it was.
1: How many ZBTs were there? It was TY Rogue? Sue special, a laser special.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I am could be pulling from. But anyway, I guess the point is, I did find it interesting that usually at that stage of the game, the Zerg player is just kind of, you're droning up, you're playing defensively, you're getting another hatch. But whoever it was, it was just like, you know what? You know what Terran's not expecting? It's 18 Zerglings right now, right when their Hellions are popping. And it was pretty effective. I might start trying to uh, incorporate that into my own game a little bit. Because anything that makes Zerglings effective, I am all about that. So anyway, in the end, it was Rogue winning 4-2, to ending the series with a Broodlord and fester time play. Sue could not handle the Broodlords, was not expecting them, did not have enough anti-air or corruptors or Vipers to make it happen. And pretty good long, like a really long final engagement, I felt like. Mm. Sue was just holding on and just holding on and just holding on, but no.
1: I, I mean, without those lurkers, he would have been going way quicker than he was. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah. With there Vipers to pick out his Broodlord? Like, I think, did Sue have Vipers, was it? Because he had a bunch of Hydralisks.
0: He did have a couple Vipers there towards the end. Did some Parasitic Bomb on the Broodlords. It doesn't do a ton of damage, but anything you can get on those guys is going to be good. Yeah. And especially because they do kind of tend to stack if you don't micro them to split them.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, actually, everything flying stacks if you're not super careful with them. So it's just some things have fewer hit points than others, and Broodlords have a lot of hit points.
1: But it was just not to be, and Rogue won.
0: Yes, Rogue is your winner. And I, for my previous thoughts, I'd like to see Rogue continue to have some big-time success instead of disappearing into the night. Mm. Although if that lets Sue have a victory, I think I'd be okay about it. That guy.
1: He'll just be there playing until everyone else is retired, and he's like, I'm the only one <laughs> qualifying for Code S, I'm gonna win.
0: <laughs> what did they even do at that point? Just pack it up and go home, probably. Give or all soup. the
1: leftover trophies to Sue. Be like, look, we made, for like, five years in advance. You can just have them all.
0: And have them, display them in your lounge. Do they give
1: a trophy to second place? I don't think so. Oh, that's rough.
0: It is rough. I actually saw a really funny post on Reddit where this guy's like, I paid a lot of money for these really nice seats, and he took a picture from his seats, <laughs> and the yeah. trophy is right in front of him. It's covering the like screen. the yeah. middle third of the screen. <laughs> Did you see that?
1: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it was
0: great. I need to find it. We should put it in the show notes. But
1: I will put it in the show notes.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, it was fantastic. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't pay anything, and I've got brilliant seats to all the games.
0: Turns out staying at home is the best sports and esports experience of the day. Oh, yeah. All right, so anything else from BlizzCon? I think we covered it pretty well.
1: Uh, I mean, StarCraft's going free-to-play.
0: It is! Oh, I guess we should talk about big things, too. StarCraft is going free (laughs) to play. I mean, in control, I think, said it best. This is maybe a couple years too late, but it's better late than never. So if we can get a nice influx of Into the Void players, Bronze and Silver leaguers who don't know what they're doing, I will be happy. That'll help that feature on my channel for sure, because I lament Uh. about this a lot, is that Into the Void players of my day are different from those from back in Wings of Liberty, because these guys, there's really nobody in Bronze and Silver that doesn't know anything anymore. They're there just because their macro's really bad, their micro's bad, their decision-making's bad, but they understand build orders, at least for the first three minutes of the game. But I'm hoping to see a lot of players come in and say, this is free to play, I'll give it a shot, and have no... No idea what they're doing it'll be glorious
1: be like well i'm gonna put down five supply depots before my barracks
0: because i heard being supply blocked is bad yep yeah yeah stuff like that i can't wait to see that yeah very excited
1: But from what i understand you still like it's wings and heart of the swarm campaigns are free yes and then you still need to pay for the legacy of the void campaign oh just jordan needs to do immediately
0: I try, man. I try to get him to play that campaign, but he just has no interest in campaign. It makes me sad. Campaign is fun.
1: It is. It's so good. And then you get unranked for free, but you need to get 10 first win of the days, and then you unlock ranked ladder. I think it's something that they said.
0: Yep. I did see that. So they are trying to prevent kind of influx of smurfs, too, right? People just setting up new accounts and just wrecking people in the lobby leagues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, too. So they thought about this, which is good. Good to see the Blizzard thought about it before doing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll probably see a lot more, you know, loot box type stuff, a lot more cosmetic stuff you can buy, but I'm okay with that. As long as they don't start letting you buy stuff that affects the game itself, I can roll with it.
1: The Baneling skin, is did they fix the Baneling skin because you couldn't see it when it was burrowed in Creep?
0: Or even when it's not burrowed on Creep, I think was the problem. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, no,
0: I don't think I ever saw that announced as fixed that's a good point okay <laughs> so hmm Maybe, okay but that's the only thing i've heard about where hmm. the cosmetic changes are causing actual problems in gameplay
1: but there are more cosmetics coming there are keep making them
0: yeah they will i mean that's that's the model of 2017 you guys free to play and you can buy a million things that cost one dollar and you won't notice
1: or if you're smart you just buy 17 things that are one dollar and you have a great time playing the game
0: truth you could do that nobody does that though no no
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a prime example i bought the war chest for all three races but i only play Terran. right yeah because i wanted the skins because they look cool
0: they do look cool although who was this did you hear jordan talking about this yesterday on the cast where he's like whoever the designer was for the war chest stuff for zerg they're like hey guy what's the what's the overriding theme for zerg in this war chest and he's like uh spikes like, okay okay cool spikes spikes for what all of it because <laughs> <laughs> everything and is just so spiky
1: every, the only thing that really doesn't look spiky is the swarm hosts and they just look glowy
0: yeah they look like they're from the 1980s they look like <laughs> hot pink and <laughs> from a music video for like duran duran <laughs> But their little swarm host <laughs> eggs are just so brilliantly neon pink. It's kind of startling when you first see it. But it's cool. Visually switching things up does help as a caster, I feel like. It confuses me sometimes, but it keeps the game fresh for sure. I'm not going to complain about it too much.
1: Yeah, they need to keep the um, like production bar and the units killed tapped. Like, they need to keep yes. the images up there the same, though.
0: Yeah, it gets really confusing.
1: Because I look at that and I'm like, wait, what is he building? Is that a, is that a spire? A hatch? Oh, wait, like, no, that's muters.
0: Well, and somehow Reaper, Marine, SCV, and Marauder all look the same in the production tab. Yeah. It's literally. not important to tell those apart in the early game at all.
1: No, not at all. No. I mean, let's be fair, though. How many people go, like, Marauder first? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. Could happen. Could happen. Well, especially in the lobby games, right? Uh, yeah. lot mm. of StarCraft today
1: a lot of stuff today
0: which if not today then when honestly
1: yes that is a good point do you play wow or did you ever
0: oh do you want to talk about wow
1: yeah let's talk about wow
0: okay so my wow experience was i found out about it in 2006 got in and vanilla started a human paladin had no idea what i was doing had no idea about any of the abilities or how to play this game it was my first time playing an mmorpg was completely lost and it's probably the most fun i've ever had in a video game ever Like for some reason, the correlation of not having any idea what was going on just turned into incredible amounts of fun for me. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. So leveled my paladin with some crazy combination of holy and protection specs, which means I could not die and I could heal myself, but I could not kill anything in less time than a minute and a half, which is a really (laughs) long time in these games. So I struggled my way to level 60. Uh, Burning Crusade came out about that time. I think I got to 60 about three weeks after Burning Crusade launched. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started a rogue because I felt like, all right, I need to actually do some damage for my next character. Did a rogue, that was fun. Then did my paladin. Got through Wrath of the Lich King, which is a really good experience because paladins became super viable for the first time in a lot of different ways. And then played a little bit of Pandaria, a little bit of Cataclysm, and then a little bit of Warlords of Draenor, but didn't really sink my teeth into any of those like I did the previous expansions. So I quit... Um, I haven't played any Legion, and I quit Draenor probably two years ago now. Okay. And that's been my experience.
1: So did you hear any of the new announcements at BlizzCon for WoW?
0: So yeah, number one, new expansion, which I don't think people were expecting... I subscribed to the WoW subreddit and a lot of the posts before Blizzcon were saying, I don't expect to see much from Warcraft at all. And then suddenly they're like, new expansion! Horde versus Alliance, we're tired of you guys working together to defeat world-ending monsters. Now those are gone and you're at each other's throats again, so that's fun. Yep. I'm Honestly, I think that's the best Warcraft. The best Warcraft is Horde versus Alliance just tearing each other to pieces. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and then the announcement of Warcraft Classic Servers, which I was flabbergasted. I did not see that coming.
1: No, neither did I.
0: And I'm excited for it, honestly. I, I've actually played on private vanilla Warcraft servers before. Oh yeah? And it's a fun time, honestly. I mean, what Warcraft has done with the leveling experience in the current, current builds, current expansions, is kind of criminal. It's so easy. Your chances of dying are about 0% for the first 40 levels. Oh, okay. Um, and so I don't like that at all. I need to feel like there's a chance I'm going to die to have any fun in these games. Uh, and then Vanilla probably goes a little bit too far the other way where you're dying all the time for the first 14 <laughs> levels. Uh, but I prefer it. I prefer that sense of like, okay, if I mess up here, I'm going to die and it's going to suck as compared to I can take on eight enemies at the same time at level four and there's really not a problem. So that's the big thing. And then the big discussion has been, okay, so you like vanilla. Is there anything you would change in vanilla? And everybody has something. People are like, I'd like to be able to have some kind of a quest helper. I'd like to Mm. have auto loot. Um, I'd like to get my mount earlier. And everybody has a different idea of how to make vanilla better, but still keep it vanilla. And I think that's going to be a problem.
1: Uh, did you see the actual announcement?
0: It's just a trailer where they just put all their previous ex- expansion trailers in reverse. Was there another thing? No,
1: no, no, the guy on stage talking about it.
0: Did he... S- I mean, as far as I know, he didn't really have any details, right?
1: No, no, he did. Because I was going to make a joke, but it really doesn't work if you haven't seen the um, him talking. Because he said, before I get to the big news, I want to talk about ice cream. And he goes, my favorite flavors are chocolate <laughs> and cookies and cream but i hear your favorite flavor is vanilla ah uh, everyone in the crowd loved that from what i could tell but i was gonna say everyone wants vanilla but they want vanilla and chocolate. chip
0: yeah totally i mean that's that's me i'd like to have some kind of a quest helper thing where it's just like just point me in the general direction of where i need to go because i'm gonna look it up on thoughtbot or whatever anyway wowhead
1: mm, yeah
0: Everybody does. Like, nobody's just like, I'm going to figure out where stuff is on my own. Eventually, you're going to go get a coordinates add-on and figure it out. Uh, But otherwise, I don't think I'm okay with vanilla other than that one thing.
1: Mm. Are you going to jump back in to play vanilla or the new expansion?
0: Yeah, probably both. Okay. Got some guys at work um, that we've played in the past together. Done some leveling together, some dungeons, things like that. And I think they're all going to hop back on and see how it is.
1: Okay, cool. I've never really played WoW, but it's always one of those games that I want to, because it's the quintessential MMO RPG, right?
0: It is. And for the last fifteen years, there have been a string of WoW killers that have not killed WoW.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. Even like a couple of years ago, when WoW was like bleeding subs, like left, right, and center, it was still the biggest by a long shot.
0: Yeah, 100%. They basically, they peaked in Wrath of the Lich King, started bleeding from that point, and then stopped releasing their sub-numbers. So, <laughs> you know it hasn't gotten better.
1: But I, I've never really played, but I did get to maybe, like, level 45. This is when the cap was, like, 100. Yeah. So I, I really kind of gave up less than halfway through even just getting to max level. Yeah. That's big, I, I assume that's entirely just because I was playing by myself, but I, I'll probably jump in to try the vanilla and the new expansion as well
0: yeah it's that's the thing it's a very different game vanilla warcraft is very different from current expansion warcraft and i think that's something that people current players of warcraft and those who kind of are dismissive of the vanilla players don't understand it's not that we think that warcraft currently needs to be changed, or changed in certain ways to make it worse, it's that's an entirely different game. Mm. It's changed so much that it's like, I just want to play this, I don't want to play that. It's not that I want... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like yeah. a list of incremental changes that we need made, it's just, it's a different thing entirely. The other thing about Warcraft is that it is a perfectly programmed addiction machine, mm. Uh, that's one of the one of the constants in these threads on the Wow subreddit is that people are like, yeah, like I dropped out of college, I didn't graduate from high school because of this game. Um, and I'm so worried if I go back in, I'm gonna lose my marriage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just because it's this perfect there's always something that you can be doing. There's always something that you're like five more minutes, five more minutes, and that's the machine, right? Suddenly five more minutes turns into three hours and then you're in.
1: Yeah, then you've got no YouTube channel, no kids, no wife, because they've all packed up and left.
0: Yeah, exactly. And okay. all you
1: have is, like, a computer and an internet connection and your power bill. That's four days overdue.
0: Yep, and then before you know it, you're on the street. Yep.
1: And then you're basically living in internet cafes. <laughs> do those still exist? I don't think I've seen one in forever.
0: In Asia, they do. They're still uh, yeah. huge in, like, China and Japan. And Korea, yeah. Korea, yep.
1: PC bongs, as they're called there.
0: Uh-huh big deal anyway warcraft i'm i mean i've done this in the past when i played with my coworkers previously it was like okay thursday night's warcraft night we get together play for a couple hours and that's it and i've been able to do that so i don't anticipate this is going to ruin my life but it'll be kind of fun to get back in and i don't know i'm kind of anticipating i'll get bored with it after a couple months and bail again we'll see though
1: i'm hoping the battle friars are off in the way they're splitting the continents will be good
0: yeah that's gonna be fun yeah,
1: it just, it's just that scratch.
0: I mean, that's what Warcraft was for a long time. Warcraft 1, 2, and 3 was pretty much Alliance versus Horde. And there have been so many expansions. Of, we're working together for the common good. And everyone's like, no, we're just sick of this. Let's just, let us kill each other, please.
1: We just want to go back to fighting.
0: Mm-hmm. And the cinematic, again, best in the business, Blizzard cinematics. They're always the greatest. Uh, yeah. Just for sheer, this is ungodly beautiful. And just to get you hyped about the game. They're works of art.
1: That Sylvanas taking down the um the siege towers.
0: Yeah, like Banshee. Yeah, I think I think Blizzard forgot she was a Banshee for a long time. They're like, she's just an undead night elf. No, no, what Arthas did to her was a little more than that. <laughs> so when she did that thing where she jumped off and like turned into this purple mist stuff and just murdered five guys at once, I was like, all right, there we go. That's the
1: Sylvanas. Hey, they remembered. They did.
0: <laughs> Somebody with some lore guy was like, you guys remember this? Oh, fine, Carl, we'll do it. And then I don't know what spell Anduin was casting at the end there, but some kind of mass res healing kind of thing. A little overpowered, it seems like.
1: Just a little. Yeah. Alliance OP. Alliance or what?
0: Alliance OP. Cheaters. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's the WoW stuff. Yeah, so big time announcements for two classic franchises from Blizzard at BlizzCon. I don't think anybody saw coming.
1: Do Do we have anything else to talk about?
0: I mean, I saw Thor yesterday.
1: Oh, you saw Thor yesterday. I, How was he? I,
0: I in did. Shape? He was in shape. That's actually a good question. As a, I mean, as a god, as a demigod or whatever he is, do you think he has to actually work out or does he just have great pecs because?
1: I mean, I think he's, like, his job is so physically intensive. Mm. He maybe just needs to do a, like, a light workout on his days off just to not stiffen up. Like when mm. you work out so much and your body just goes like, Oh God, I can't move anything. He just needs to be like, all right, I just, you know, a couple free weights and then back on back to the office on Monday to punch the Hulk. The
0: Hulk. Good luck with that. Yes. But it's okay. So basically every day is how the movie started for Ragnarok, Mm. where he's fighting eight million little dudes and a big dude and trying to flee for his life. And that's a pretty good full body workout. Yeah. Okay. fair enough. I'm curious, though, to see if he'd go a little flabby if he didn't do that for about a month. Hmm. it'd be interesting it if there's be. any time
1: to explore that it would be in Thor 1 where he lost all his powers yeah
0: they didn't really go into that though did they she just have no.
1: taken him by to like a Macca's and been like here's a McGriddle
0: <laughs> this is Earth Cuisine Thor okay we're gonna spoil Ragnarok we're gonna talk about it real quick so if you haven't seen Ragnarok, which is probably most of you because it just came out. I mean, don't... it
1: came out like a week ago, so some of you have seen it. <laughs> Quiet, you.
0: Our largely American audience has not seen it yet, probably, because it just came out on Friday? Not that long sure. ago. Yeah, probably. third. It's one of those like Friday release, but really it's Thursday night.
1: Mm, right.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I was just kind of struck how funny the movie was. I mean, some of the Marvel movies recently have kind of taken themselves really seriously. Civil War, for example, Winter Soldier. Mm. But this one's just like, you know what? We're going to be light and funny and have jokes and we're going to have some character development and some people progress in ways and develop relationships, but it's going to be lighthearted and fun. That was kind of the overarching principle.
1: I think it was super lighthearted because it was also super dark with everything was going on with Hela and Odin's death. Yep. It was, oh, we're going to return Asgard to the empire-building, nation-crushing machine that it was. Here's a giant crypt beneath the throne that you guys didn't know about. That's true. It goes super dark to super light. Like, it's back and forth.
0: That is an excellent point. There is a lot of dark to kind of offset that lightheartedness, 100%. Yeah. I mean, the whole retconning thing where it's like, you thought Thor was the firstborn of Odin. He lied about that. And there's this whole other past history you didn't know about. And I was like, well, all right, I'll let it slide.
1: I mean, they never explicitly say that Thor is his firstborn in any of the other movies.
0: Does it not? I thought that was pretty...
1: I mean, I will go back and watch Thor 1 tonight, and I will message you on Twitter when I'm done. I mean, like, nope, they didn't say it.
0: Okay, good. I'll watch for that. I'll watch for that tweet. Anyway, uh, just so much stuff. Who was? What was the rock guy? What was his name?
1: Uh, the Kiwi bloke.
0: Yeah, was he supposed to be Kiwi? Yeah, I, tried that's to, a I was Zealand trying to Zealand place accent. the accent. That's a, It was amazing. <laughs> Korg, Korg. <laughs> I love he that
1: guy.
0: was so great. Oh, the director.
1: Yeah, that was the director. <laughs>
0: He's from New Zealand, right? Yes. Yeah, he was great. He did uh, voice and motion capture for Korg. Oh, that's that makes it so much better.
1: Do you know who I loved in the movie? Mm. You, when Thor gets back to Asgard with the crown, like right at the start. And Loki's there pretending to be Odin. and yeah. has a play going on. Yes. did you re- did you recognize the two actors in the play? I didn't, but I I saw something that was like Matt Damon was in there. It was Matt Damon pretending to be Thor.
0: Oh my gosh, that was Matt Damon. I did not realize that.
1: Sam Neil as Loki. Oh, my oh no, gosh. it was as, as as Odin in the play.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs>
1: it, it's brilliant. <laughs>
0: Because I was like, oh, it's a Discount Thor. All right. I didn't realize it was Matt Damon, though. I got to go back and watch that scene again. <laughs>
1: discount Thor is actually overpriced actor.
0: Yes. Super overpriced cameo actor, 100%.
1: But I, th- I think that's a good way to get those, like, super famous actors into the movie without giving them a obvious role. Because someone like Tom Hanks or Matt Damon, they walk into the role well, in, in, in the movie, right? And you're like, oh, that's Matt Damon. And it instantly pulls you out of the movie, otherwise. Truth. Stick him in a beard, have Loki step on him, and he, like, disappeared in five minutes. It works, <laughs> I reckon.
0: It does. I mean, honestly, because I didn't recognize it was Matt Damon, and I didn't feel like, wow, that guy's way overqualified to be playing this little cameo part. <laughs> I don't think it mattered. It's just more like, oh, that's kind of neat, rather than this changes the movie in any way. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So, good. All the the Banner Hulk stuff is pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. This... Wait,
1: on i don't remember the name of the trash planet but yeah
0: yeah well how banner he comes back and he's just like okay usually it feels like one of us has got a hand on the steering wheel even if it's even if i'm hulking out but that time i felt like i was locked in the trunk like i was not an active participant and that's scary that is really scary for him
1: and he's like i might not come back if i change again yeah and then he jumps out of the... <laughs> you'll know who i am we splat i i
0: died that was i laughed harder at that moment than anything else in the movie he just rebounds off the bridge and just lies there unconscious <laughs> <laughs> and the valkyrie girl's like "Ooh, <laughs> what was that reference exactly oh <laughs> uh, anyway so good and hemsworth was hilarious as thor he had so many great moments the one – okay, so the early setup where it's like, by the way, Thor and Doctor Strange are in the same universe. Let us spend five minutes on that. Mm. Uh, when he's waiting for his umbrella to come to him, and it's just smashing through like 14 different rooms in his house. <laughs> he's
1: like, sorry about that. He's
0: brushing broken glass off the handle. <laughs>
1: I really liked Strange in that, because he uh, Loki's like, who's this second-rate wizard? Like, you think you can <laughs> deal with me? And he pulls out, like, two knives, and Strange is just like, I'm tired of you. Bye. And s- throws the portal at him.
0: Yep. And sends them to Norway or over the heck they are. Well, that's okay. I was a little disappointed. So, like, Loki in the previous movies is supposed to be this major threat, and he's kind of scary, and he has all these plans. And in this one, he's kind of neutered. Didn't you feel like he didn't really do anything? He got outsmarted by Thor. How does that happen?
1: Uh, I mean, they kind of explained it, that Thor is changed from where he was when he was getting outsmarted by Loki, that's and that Loki's just kind of been staying where he is, still kind of trying to just outsmart people and be mischievous. Yeah, that's fair. Loki's not a good guy at the end of the movie by any stretch, but he's certainly on okayish terms with Thor.
0: Yeah, that relationship I've never really quite understood. Like I get it, it's your brother, but man. Like, the third time my brother tried to destroy Earth, I'd be like, all right, man, look. <laughs> you're getting disowned. Sorry, dude.
1: I know the first time. What was the second? <laughs> well, in the comics, he does it a lot. Uh, the comics doesn't matter here.
0: Oh, wow. Comic doesn't matter.
1: Here. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The comics don't matter.
0: Okay, you're right. Okay, fine. Not three times, but he did take over Odin's position, send Odin to a freaking nursing home in New York City, which then got <laughs> demolished, and Loki didn't know... I mean, these reasons alone, and the time he tried to betray me and turn me back into the Grandmaster for the reward, its there are just constant mm. betrayals and constant lies and constant deception and constant destruction, and just at some point, you're done, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta put Loki in a home.
0: Right. In a home. In a home for mischievous demigods.
1: I did love how they
0: decided to solve the problem of Hela, though. I thought that was pretty clever. Mm. We can't just leave because she's drawing her power from Asgard, so... We need to destroy Asgard, how do we do that? Well, we we have the ingredients actually just lying around, thankfully.
1: Yeah, I, I did like it, but I f- felt like it was super obvious and I was just waiting for it to happen. Oh. I, the, the movie's called Ragnarok. Uh, the start of the movie is like, it is the prophecy that I will destroy Asgard. I am Ragnarok with the big dude. I've just got to get my thing in the internal fire. But then Thor's like, nope. Yeah. But then he takes the crown and puts it like three feet from the eternal fire. It's like an earthquake <laughs> and this might spill into it.
0: <laughs> Reasonable. Okay, I'm I'm glad I'm a dumb moviegoer because I did not see it at all. They said it and I was like, oh, okay, I can see where this is coming from. But I wasn't waiting for it to happen.
1: I did like hell walking through the um, vaults of Asgard and being like, that's not bad. That's okay. That's a fake.
0: <laughs> that was fun. I, I did really enjoy that. that. There are so many great moments. And then when Ragnarok is destroying Asgard and Korg is like, you, you know what? It's got strong foundations. We'll rebuild it. It'll be stronger than before. And then it's like, go boom. Oh, sorry. Nope. Nope. Not not anymore. Things gone. <laughs> <laughs> he was Amazing. So good. One character I didn't really care for was Horse Lord Guy
1: horse lord guy so the
0: guy who plays the horse lord in lord of the rings was they were the stand-in for a hem doll, and then he has the oh. guns and he helps hella and he becomes her right hand man
1: you didn't like the executional
0: no i mean i i get it right he just wants a chance to prove himself he kind of gets he doesn't really have a choice to help out hella i understand that she was going to murder him otherwise yeah but and then it's He has a chance, and he goes out in a blaze of glory, and I don't know. I just didn't have any interest in that guy at all.
1: I mean, it was really... It caught me really off guard when he just pulls out two, you know, (laughs) M16s. Yeah.
0: Which, he's like, I got this from Texas, and I'm like, nobody's running around with M16s in Texas. Come on, man.
1: (laughs) I mean, the National Guard's down there. Sure, okay, that's fine. He didn't say he got them off as civilian.
0: That's true, but I mean, uh, you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying.
1: I do, but... I'm also that. right.
0: <laughs> yes, you are. So it took you off guard when he pulls him out and starts mowing down random mooks with him.
1: And it was like, oh, he brought those along. Okay.
0: That did make me laugh. That did take me by surprise for sure. Yep. And then Kate Blanchett seemed like she was having a really good time as Hella. I was kind of worried that she wouldn't, I don't know, that she'd be bored with the role or something. But no, it seemed like she was having a good time. She was really sinking her teeth into that. Also, it kind of felt like for the God of Destruction and Death, odin's like you know what i need for my god of destruction and death the ability to conjure giant knives that's it nothing else <laughs> that's all she does there's no plague there's no flames there's no eternal darkness it's she'll just stab you to death with a giant knife that's her i mean what's what, her thing
1: she, she clearly didn't need anything else
0: no and she did have that giant wolf that was pretty cool yeah
1: that was a cool wolf
0: it was cool wolf and then the hulk beat the crap out of him because the hulk is awesome
1: Yes, except the wolf did bite Hulk and, like, pierce his skin. And now Hulk
0: is going to be a werewolf Hulk. Holy snap, you're right. Damn. I didn't even think about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I just thought it was interesting because it's the first thing we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that can actually cut the Hulk.
0: True. So the problem with Hulk is, in the Wikipedia, in the Marvel Comic Universe, he is unbeatable. Mm. You cannot stop him. He draws energy from the existence of the universe, and that keeps him going, and he's indestructible the end. So it kind of makes for a rough character to write for, hmm. which the balance is you make him dumb, which they did. So excellent character creation there, at least. He's stupid. Oh, also, did you—so are you familiar with uh, the Planet Hulk comic storyline?
1: Um, I've seen the like animated adaption.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, so you know. So basically, the Avengers are like, you know what? hulk you're too destructive <laughs> your negatives outweigh your positives we're gonna trick you onto the spaceship and launch you into space and we'll see you later sucker which man
1: that is cold <laughs> that's rough is that what this is uh no i mean i think that's kind of where they went with it they were like hey yeah. this is the closest we're gonna get to a planet hulk yeah totally because they, have, they haven't they have set up the illuminati or anything like that yet
0: and the planet hulk storylines a little little weird you know, you don't want to do the whole thing it is yeah.
1: yeah, and it's basically the Hulk for like an hour and a half. Like, right. Which which is good, but there's a reason why they throw him in with Thor and not by himself.
0: Correct. And there's a reason there hasn't been a good Hulk movie yet. Like He's better playing off other heroes.
1: Yes, he works well with others, yep. which is an odd thing to say about the Hulk.
0: Didn't say works well, just he's more interesting with others. <laughs> <laughs> I did love, as a quick aside, Thor telling both Bruce and the Hulk that he likes them better than the other one. Yes. <laughs> like the same wording <laughs> dang it Thor that's gonna come back and bite you. so anyway but just when they're in the Quinjet and he pulls up the mission logs and it's um Black Widow and she mm. I can't remember exactly what she says but it seemed like hey we're gonna send you on this mission and no no uh, you are not. might not come back and you know no, what I mean no,
1: no 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 what did she say okay so do you remember how Hulk got the Quinjet no okay end of Avengers 2 the Hulk Voltron. grabs a Quinn. Yeah. Well, Voltron. The Hulk's in a Quinjet jet and it's firing off to who knows where. And it's in stealth mode, but she can call him and be like, Hey, I need you to deactivate stealth mode. And then we can get autopilot and bring you back around. Um, and the Hulk mm. knowing that, you know, he already just killed a bunch of people in that town. And he's like, people would really hate Hulk and they can't find me in this ship. He just closes the monitor. And she's like, we need you to help us out here, Hulk. Come on.
0: I do remember that now. I totally forgot about that. Okay. That's what that is. Okay, so it's not Planet Hulk. He doesn't even get banished. He intentionally exiled himself.
1: Yeah, but that's the same kay. thing. It's still an exiling. It is. How the Quinjet got from somewhere in the fictional country of uh, Zakovia to enter his dimensional portals is beyond me, but...
0: So somebody said the Quinjet is used for space travel in um, the – oh, what's the TV show?
1: Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: Thank you. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They've done that. So it's been established a Quinjet can go into space. So all it takes is going through space and finding a random wormhole and ta-da.
1: Yeah, but how many random wormholes are there in the observable universe do you reckon? There
0: are at least 20 of them dumping stuff onto that section of that planet. And if they're that densely condensed around the outside of the planet for the whole thing, then it's a lot. It's a lot of wormholes.
1: 20 like portals over one planet in a space the size of the infinite universe no. is not much.
0: 20 on the visible surface of the planet. So depending sure. how big the planet is, but statistically, even if it's 100,000 portals, the universe is still too big for that to make any sense. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you want an explanation of how it happened, if that's how it happened. <laughs> Statistically, <laughs> it's not plausible, not probable, but...
1: Well, here's the thing. Does the Quinjet have the appropriate shielding required that they mentioned for when they were stealing another ship? Like, it needs to have the right kind of shielding, and it's only like independent power or whatever?
0: That's only if you go through the Devil's
1: Anus. Uh, only the Devil's Anus? Yeah. Or all of them?
0: No, yeah, because they were like, we can go through this one, it'll get us 100,000 light years closer to Asgard. And they're like, nope, we're going through that one because it's the closest out. And she's like, well, that's super hard to get through because it takes all this stuff. So it seemed like that particular portal was very dangerous and the other ones were not as difficult to get through. Just that one. Yep.
1: Because it was the most
0: plot convenient. It had to be more difficult. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Yes. I did not expect Thor's hammer to get destroyed in the first five minutes of this movie. Didn't see it coming. It was good, though. I think it was good to kind of get it ruined of the hammer.
1: Yeah, I think he'll have, like, a replica mate, and it's like, look, it's just a really heavy hammer now.
0: He does love his hammer, though.
1: He really likes that hammer.
0: It's like a security blanket.
1: It is in a lot of ways. In a like lot a of ways, yeah. Yeah, it's a superhero security blanket.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and when Odin says, what are you, the god of hammers? You moron? Oh, that's right.
1: Just a way for you to channel your power until you're ready to control it yourself.
0: Well, and then he hits Hella with it and nothing happens. And he's like, well, crap. <laughs> Thanks for that tip, Odin.
1: <laughs> I just hit it with the biggest lightning bolt in the history of lightning bolts. And it didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. Yeah. So it's like, what the crap? I mean, Odin did
0: nothing <laughs> in this film. He's like, by the way, when I die, it's going to re- release Hella. Good luck with that. And then he does this like vision quest thing where he says, use your lightning powers, Thor. It will have no effect on your immediate problem. But by golly, it looks cool. It helped. Freaking Odin. He was useless (laughs) in this movie.
1: He was- I mean, he was dead for most of the movie, of course he was useless.
0: If you can do vision quests from beyond the grave, you should have some effectiveness in your message, right? Yeah. I'm just saying, for storytelling purposes, if you're gonna bring somebody back from the dead, and they're gonna tell the main character something, it should be good advice, and have something to do with what's going on.
1: You think Thor unlocking his lightning powers isn't good advice?
0: It had nothing to do with the current problem of Hello on a rampage, tearing his eye out.
1: It had lots of fr- things to do with it. Him unlocking his the true source of his power is what led him to victory. If he couldn't shoot lightning bolts and it was just like, the vision quest was, hey, if you go here, you'll maybe find another hammer. That wouldn't have been any better. No, you're that right. Would have been way worse. I'm
0: saying don't do a vision quest unless it has direct effect on the main problem your hero is facing.
1: The lightning helped the main problem. It killed all the, um, the ads. What are they called? The, the
0: mooks. Uh... It helped him kill, like, 47 mooks. Okay, great. That's wonderful. They were unlimited, by the way. Right? Because she's down in that underground chamber and she raises maybe a hundred of them, right?
1: Maybe, yeah. And a big wolf.
0: So many more of them died on that bridge. I don't know where they kept coming from. Movie magic. respawn
1: times. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Respawn times. Add respawn times too low.
1: B-list celebrity lists.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Anyway, it was great. I would not mind watching that one. It's right up there with the first Avenger movie as one of my favorite Marvel films. So. Yeah, it's good. Super I thoroughly good.
1: enjoyed it. Two thumbs up? Korg, too. Man,
0: Korg. Two thumbs up. He just... He's kiwi. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. Um, We are... I think we're over time here, but... For the sake of consistency, we should probably do an NFL Minute.
1: Oh, you want to do it? Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. Three, two, one, go.
0: NFL Minute this week. Last week, I said I couldn't really think of many teams that are going to challenge for the Super Bowl. This February. But you know what? The Eagles. The Eagles look really good. Carson Wentz killing it at quarterback as a young guy. Always impressive to see anybody that young do so well in the NFL, beating the Broncos, who have a really good defense. 51 points. He hung on them. So I'm gonna say Eagles as one of those teams that definitely could challenge. I was ready to say the Seahawks last week, but then they lose to the Redskins in a seventy to fourteen game where they committed a lot of penalties, didn't look very efficient, didn't look very disciplined and that's something you need to win a Super Bowl. So maybe the Seahawks are off there. Chiefs got beat by the Cowboys 28-17, to 17, so I'm worried about them as well. Once again, the story here is just parody. The Rams put 51 on the Giants, which is supposed to have a great defense, too. So f- for the Rams and Jared Goff to make it to the Super Bowl would be insane, but it's definitely within the realm of possibility right now. So again, a league definitely worth watching in 2017 just for the sake of you never know who's going to win Stop. any particular game and what more could you want? Very good. Not bad i was i was feeling it trying to time it missed a little bit it's okay it is okay boosh all right so unless there's anything else we need to cover
1: i mean i don't think there's anything we necessarily need to cover no it'll it'll just be a name chatter
0: truth all right we'll wrap it up with this extra blizzconny edition of the falcon paladin hour thank you so much for listening today please consider supporting us on a patreon link in the show notes And also purchasing some Falcon Paladin Hour swag, including hoodies, sweatshirts, and mugs. Link in the show notes there, too. So, thank you so much for listening today. And as always, until next time, you take care of yourself.
1: Once we thought that we'll stay young And this world is never gold But when I opened up my eyes, I said, grow old with me. Will you age here by my side and stay beautiful for life? or fade away in the darkness and leave me here. With that